Welcome to TGI, Tourism Geography Insights, the podcast of Tourism Geography's journal where we discuss our latest research and developments of our peer-reviewed journal which explores tourism and tourism-related areas of recreation and leisure studies from a geographic perspective. Today, I'm very pleased to be introducing to you a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, and someone who's doing some path-finding work on the topic of regenerative tourism, possibly one of the most trending of topics when it comes to tourism research and practice around the globe, especially in the wake of COVID-19. So I'd like to welcome to the Tourism Geographies podcast, Loretta Bellato. Hey, Loretta. Hi, Joseph. Thank you for having me today. Welcome to the podcast, Loretta. I'm very pleased that you have agreed to join us, and I'm very pleased that you've agreed to share some of the cutting-edge work you're doing on regenerative tourism with our audience. Now, tell me about yourself, Loretta. Where are you and where are you based? So I live in Melbourne, Australia, which is on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. I've lived here most of my life, and I'm of Italian heritage. And so my uh, my background is in international development, social work and tourism, and I'm currently undertaking a PhD at the Centre for Urban Transitions at Swinburne University of Technology here in Melbourne. Excellent. Th- th- thanks, Loretta. So it's clear that you bring both a practice and academic perspective to the topic, which is what something like regenerative tourism really needs, right? Uh, we need to move beyond the theory of regenerative tourism and everything that surrounds it towards what does this mean in practice? And the main focus of today's conversation with Loretta is her paper that was published in 2022 in Tourism Geographies titled Regenerative Tourism, a Conceptual Framework Leveraging Theory and Practice. And as Loretta says in that paper, the sustainable tourism development agenda is widely criticised for being co-opted to serve continual economic growth driving environmental devastation and social inequalities. And in response, regenerative tourism has has emerged as something that might be able to address some of these deficiencies. So Loretta, tell me about the study. Can you provide a brief background to the study? Yeah, so the study is based on some work that I've been undertaking since 2020, which is looking at this new concept for tourism scholarship. So despite uh, regeneration being around as long as sustainability, it's only in recent years that uh, tourism scholars have taken an interest in it. And so because there are very few papers available, I set about to try and understand how this approach can support more sustainable and healthy places and communities. And so specifically, I'm interested for this study in what are the roles and contributions that tourism can make to adopting this regenerative tourism approach. Loretta, can you also talk about the influence that Indigenous knowledge has on regenerative thinking and regenerative tourism particularly? Yes, so this this, is the concept of regeneration. Um, So this concept of regeneration weaves Western science perspectives along with Indigenous knowledges and perspectives. And so in doing that, it actually is derived 
it, it is uh, looking at the world from an ecological worldview, which is different to our dominant way of thinking about the world as, as a machine. And in linear ways, instead, it's looking uh, at the world as very complex systems that can't be flattened out into a linear way of thinking. And so it draws from uh, cultures and knowledge and knowledges that have a very intimate and complex understanding of nature and lands and waterways so that basically what it does is, is it enables us to think differently about how we can step forward to create healthy communities and places. Right, right. And what, what's really interesting in what you've said is if we look at destinations around the globe that are leading the regenerative tourism effort, we see New Zealand, we see Hawaii, and we see some of the Latin American countries that are heavily connected to uh, Indigenous ways of, of, of living and, and conceiving of nature. You know, as you say, not as a an endless bucket for production, but more something that should be honoured and, and taken care of. In your paper in Tourism Geographies, if you were to say, say what the questions were that you were trying to answer in this work, what was one of the main questions you sought to address? Yeah, so the paper was essentially trying to get a handle on what is known about the concept uh, in in the literature, because as I said, uh, there was it's very new to tourism scholarships. And so what I was trying to do is to seek the perspectives of regenerative tourism pioneers. So these are practitioners who have been working on this concept for around between 15 and 20 years, but also to try and understand from the perspectives of Indigenous practitioners as well. And so bringing together uh, peer-reviewed literature <laughs> along with grey literature of, of these leading pioneers to try to understand how are people writing and thinking about this concept of regenerative tourism because unfortunately there are some some people who have taken up this concept without any understanding of its lineage and connect they've just kind of taken the word and almost in some cases substituted it for the word sustainability or sustainable tourism. Whereas right. what I wanted to understand was where does this concept actually come from and, and what are the uh, key ideas that underpin it? Right. I think, I think that's a really important point you make, Loretta, because like a lot of these concepts, even sustainable tourism, it has become prone to greenwashing and the term has been thrown about by people with very little understanding of what it's really about. And I should also mention that as well as the paper you published in Tourism Geographies, you've also published a couple of other papers in the International Journal of Tourism Cities, as well as in the Journal of Tourism Futures. So for those of you listening to this podcast, you might want to check out those other papers as well, because they complement uh, this paper in Tourism Geographies. So for the researchers out there who are listening to this, Loretta, how did you go about collecting data for your central work on, on this, and particularly your PhD on regenerative tourism? So what I started with was a scoping review because 
because it's an emerging concept, it wasn't possible to do a systematic review. So I followed the advice of uh, Askey and O'Malley. Uh, there's a paper that they wrote about scoping reviews, which set out a, a particular uh, methodology in, in doing that. And it actually also included a recommendation to conduct a, a consultation exercise. And so, uh, after I'd so after I've chosen my uh, key search terms and like I, I mentioned before, reviewed the peer review papers as well as key grey literature, I then checked against uh, my findings. I, I, I checked for accuracy and whether I had any further gaps and also what a, maybe a future research agenda might be with those who I consulted with. And the, those who I consulted with were the leading pioneers in regenerative tourism, as well as some very knowledgeable Indigenous practitioners. Right. And so, so, oh, sorry. So, right. so basically from that, I was able to synthesise what are the uh, key key ideas that are coming out of uh, regenerative tourism so far? So very much being able to map the early formation of this concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I can, for for those who may not be academics listening to the podcast, as well as say undergraduate students who are not familiar with research, what's particularly important in, in what Loretta is explaining is that any kind of research needs to have a solid basis. And the first thing we often do is try to see what knowledge is already out there rather than recreating the, the same knowledge. But more importantly, like any course of study, any research, whether it be in industry, business or government, or, or even in education, you need to have a solid basis. And this is what Loretta is referring to here, is that having a solid framework upon which the, the the research rests because if you don't have a solid framework the research findings can become quite questionable so loretta one of the big things that we and, and you as an academic uh use as a as a i guess a launching point for your thinking is theory so could you briefly give us some idea of what main theory informed this work yeah good question yeah, so for me, the, the, the underpinning theory that I drew from was uh, regenerative the, the regenerative development approach and, and, and all that that encompasses. And, and looking at regenerative development and how it applies to tourism contexts. And so one of the kind of key, key things that I had mentioned before that underpins, underpins this in terms of ont from an ontological point of view is the ecological worldview, which sees the world as whole, interconnected, and sees humans as part of nature. So that's very, very key to this. And then from that is this regenerative paradigm, that this way of thinking about how, how we need to develop healthier communities and, and how we need to align with with nature. And so some of those uh, concepts that's underpin, underpinned in that is living systems thinking. And so ways that we, um, systems that are, are alive and part of nature and that are emergent and that are interconnected and, and relate. And so that we have uh, ways of relating. So how would tourism relate to food systems and water systems, other other things that are, are 
in the world uh, rather than only looking at tourism for tourism's sake. Yeah. The concept of place is very important in this way of thinking. As tourism geographers, uh, being very familiar with the concept of place, it's really it's really key here. The other thing that has come from sustainability science is the idea of a niche innovation. And so as a new emerging way of thinking, I highlighted in the paper that this is a niche innovation and I'm actually in, in subsequent work that I've been doing that I haven't published yet, looking to talk more about that. The, the two other, I suppose, theories that have played a, quite a strong role in this work for me is decolonisation, really mm -hmm. thinking about how we are assuming what is valuable knowledge and how we are relating and uh, respecting Indigenous knowledges and thinking about how tourism articulates that, uh, what is tourism. But the other thing is uh, complexity theory, which really helps with thinking about systems. So that's quite a lot, I know. <laughs> but yeah, th there's there's a lot in it that I suppose been drawing from as part of this work. I think one of the key things that, that came up in what you've just described is this, this idea of systems thinking and thinking of, you know, in, in, in tourism, theory, we talk about tourism systems, but I think more importantly, um, this is this is what if, and I know many scholars out there will be wondering what what is regenerative tourism? And from what I gather you're telling me, it's, it's, it's quite a complex set of things, but what is central to it is this idea that it is part of a system, that tourism is part of a system, and that all of these parts of the system are interlinked in such a way that, you know, I, I always say to my students that it's almost like a, if you think of a system as an engine, right, if one part of the system, engine breaks down, that compromises other parts of the system, right, and as, in as, in as um, kind of graphic as term as, as we can describe it. So for those of you who are interested to read more about what Loretta's talked about, the paper in Tourism Geographies goes into this in, in far more detail than we can in the podcast. So from all of that you've, you, you've done so far, uh, Loretta, what have been your main findings from the work that you're doing? One, what's been really confirmed is that regenerative tourism is a process of development rather than being a type of tourism. That is something, a fundamental uh, thing that people need to understand about this concept that people often misunderstand. The other, I suppose, key finding is that regenerative tourism considers that the purpose of tourism is to promote healthy life systems rather than tourism being about sustaining life systems so that we can continue pursuing endless profit. And I suppose the other finding is that with this work, there aren't any universal 10-point plans that can be rolled out. Instead, what we need to work from are principles, uh, practice principles that need to then be translated to, to each and every community and place in a way that's relevant to them and understandable to them. That they would probably be some key findings. Okay. Okay. Um, you you mentioned something there that that made me that led me to this question. Yeah. 
What's your view on the way regenerative tourism is being treated by the tourism industry at the moment? I think that it's still in its infancy uh, in terms of interest by the tourism industry. I think some of the questions that come from the tourism industry are about, well, how can we scale this up and, and, and make it bigger than Ben Hur, but still wanting to, still operating from this linear kind of mechanistic framework that we can actually just take this idea and then just cookie cutter it across the world to have a quick, quick, quick fix. People are still needing the quick fix, whereas what what this concept is about is actually looking at how how this work can be developed in each and every place. And so it's not about scaling up, it's about expanding this out. Yeah, I think that that's an important point you make because business and industry typically will look at this and ask themselves, how does this give us some kind of advantage in the marketplace, right? How does yeah. this help yeah. branding our products? How does this help um, shape in the minds of consumers the services we're offering them? Because we know that increasingly consumers are becoming more proactive in terms of their behavior and how they see their consumption impacting, you know, because while we speak of regenerative tourism, as we speak now in, in August 2022, many destinations are eagerly looking to ramp up tourism arrivals again. And this question of whether the pandemic has taught us anything or not is really quite central to this idea of regenerative tourism, because if anything, what the pandemic should have taught us is the importance of regenerative thinking, not just in tourism, but in, in just about every sphere of, of, of life, right? And so with, with that said, and um, with what you've just uh, told me about your perceptions of what the tourism industry is doing, how can something like regenerative tourism be used by policymakers, you think? I think that policymakers yes. have quite a strong role to play in supporting incentivizing these ways of thinking and and reshaping tourism because essentially ultimately if this work is to be implemented it will transform the way tourism operates okay. and even our understanding of what tourism is particularly when we come down to what's its central purpose it will move it'll move its purpose away from let's just advance the industry and generate more profit and have this very much this primarily activities that are primarily about uh, economic development to a much more holistic uh, approach where we're really looking at how does tourism contribute to the well-being of each and every place that it operates in. How are the rivers better off as a result of tourism? How are the people better off as a result of tourism? The visitors, yes, absolutely. But what about the people living in those communities and who are affected by, by tourism? And so government have a role to look after the communities that it governs and so has a central role here start to find ways and work with tourism, support tourism to make that trans transition that's needed. Yeah, that, it's interesting, Loretta, that you raise the word profit, because in all of this and the many discussions that are coming out of industry, like in companies like Intrepid, for example, they talk about purpose and profit, and that in order for industry and government to be able to make 
uh, positive change, it's important to have viability that's core to this, right? What do you think about this idea of viability and regenerative tourism? In uh, regeneration, there's this this idea or, or the intended outcome, the ultimate intended outcome is net positive system effects, or another way it gets termed is net gain. Absolutely, businesses need to be viable, financially viable, but also we've got to look at other viability. So we know that the industry is, is plagued by work workforce shortages, and they're really trying. They're really struggling in many places to attract and maintain workforces. And so this that needs to be looked at about how how there can be gain for the staff that they actually want to be there and that they benefit from working in the industry. But at the same time, they're also then contributing to the places where they're operating and, and the communities that they're operating in. And so the idea is to find ways where all of the stakeholders mutually benefit and, and develop reciprocal relationships where you know, it's it's that idea of that you know the sum of the parts coming together for for greater gain for everybody. How can that happen? Is part of the exciting part of doing the research and and working with various uh, communities who are implementing this work around the world to to actually achieve that. And so it's an ongoing evolution in in doing that. And so that's why it can't be just tourism on its own trying to achieve it, it needs to place itself as a contributor towards this, along with a whole range of other sectors who have an impact on the well-being of all of us. Right, right. So, Loretta, as we get towards the, the end of this podcast, and for those who are listening, what's one essential source, or two if you want, that those listening who want to know more about regenerative tourism should look at? Of course, with the exception of your work? <laughs> well, I, I think the paper that's been featured in, in Tourism Geographies is an absolute great one to start with because it lays out a lot of the foundations of where these concepts come from, who some of the key players have been in, in terms of some of those references that sit under that. Under that. The other and, and the Living Systems paper that's in the Journal of Tourism Futures, but also the key deliverable of regeneration is improved capability of the human and non-human systems. And so that third paper uh, that you and I worked on, Joseph, um, about um, capability in the uh, International uh, Journal of Tourism Cities is a really important important one to really showcase how how this can work in practice. Right, right. Yeah, my final question, Loretta, before we, we wrap up, many listeners, uh, both students and uh, practitioners, would be interested to know, well, what are some good examples of regenerative tourism that you've seen around the world? Because evidently, for all the talk that we have, what is important is that we see this being applied in practice within tourism and helps give people a benchmark from which to understand um, regenerative tourism. So do you have an example that you can alert our audiences to that might serve as a good template for understanding regenerative tourism? Yeah, I think 
at the resort level, there is a great example that many have written about already is Playa Viva, which is in Mexico. And so that's a boutique hotel that has, from the ground up, designed that hotel from a regenerative point of view. And they actually see themselves as part of the village uh, rather than stopping at the boundary. And so that's a really good example to look at. And, and it's actually been documented in a couple of the papers uh, that I've written with my co-authors. Yes, I, I, if I can um, a quote from your paper in Tourism Geographies, Lorenzo says that Playa Viva stakeholders work collaboratively across a range of functional strategies and utilise various resources to realise their collective aims. This might include things like constructing buildings using technologies that harmonise with the local environment, regenerating local plant and animal life, supporting local socioeconomic development and providing transformative experiences for guests. So I think if we, if for those of you listening out there, if you were to consider trying to bolster your understanding of regenerative tourism, please check out Loretta's papers in Tourism Geographies, the International Journal of Tourism Cities and the Journal of Tourism Futures. Or if you just go to Google and type in Loretta Bellato, you will certainly be able to find breadcrumbs that will lead you to, to Loretta's work. Um, Loretta, any final comments before we, we wind up our conversation today? I'd like to do that this work stands on the work of many giants who have come before me, who have been working for many years in this concept. And the other thing I'd like to acknowledge your massive contribution that you've made on this journey, Joseph. It's been incredible to have your uh, expertise and input into these papers that we've been talking about today, as well as my supervisors, who uh, as part of my PhD, uh, Nikki Zakaki, Andy Nygaard and and Andrew Peters. So thank and thank you for this opportunity today. You're welcome, Loretta. Um, and while while you while you mention it, there are also uh, a number of papers that have emerged in recent times that might be of interest. Susanna Beckin has written in the Journal of Sustainable Tourism recently, a paper on anchoring tourism value within a regenerative tourism paradigm. Jenny Cave and Diane Dredge published in Tourism Geographies um, in 2020, Regenerative Tourism Needs Diverse Economic Practices. A number more that are emerging in special issues in the Journal of Tourism Futures, as an example, and a coming special issue in Tourism Geographies that came out of the International Geographical Union Congress in Paris, where we have a number of authors who presented their work there who will be part of this special issue. So, so please look out for that. And we look forward to bringing that to you once again, Loretta. Thanks for joining us on the Tourism Geographies podcast. If you would like to know more about Loretta's work, as I said, search for her. That's L-O-E-R-E-T-T-A, Bellato, B-E-L-L-A-T-O. For scholars, you know, you can go to Google Scholar and type in her name, you'll find the work. For those who are not scholars, you can go to Google as well and type in Loretta's name and you should find her work. Loretta's got a bunch of other things coming up including a PhD thesis, which will hopefully spin out more work that will enhance the collective knowledge on what regenerative tourism is. So Loretta, from me in Japan, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye all. See you next time on the Tourism Geographies podcast.